Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is a view from the Bullins podcast. Listen to all the latest news and inside track from Goodison Park. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello, and welcome back to another episode from A View from the Bullins. With me, Mick Kemp, Ben Winstanley, Lee McLean and Matt Neal. Ben, Manchester City 3, Everton 0. A really tough day at the office for Everton. What are your thoughts? I'm angry. I'm worried. I'm concerned about the, the, the passion, the fight again. We're back to that same conversation. Absolute spineless cowards can only be said about them players today. It was an absolute disgrace. They were beaten from the get-go. None of them wanted to be there whatsoever. It was just nothing at all. Not one player justified themselves today. And I'm actually sick and tired of saying it, Mick, on every podcast that we come on. Them players and this club do not deserve the fan base and the support that we give them. 
Blues spend all most majority of their salary watching this club, and it's run like an absolute circus. As people have stated on Twitter, Cozy SC, as long as they're getting their money from ticket sales, etc., they're happy. But fans aren't happy now at the moment. They're, they're absolutely raging. They're just fed up. And I don't even think the likes of a lot should be aimed at Rafael Benitez. I don't think he's the problem. I, I honestly really don't. In my eyes, the the, the, the actual hatred and the, the issue should be aimed higher because the board at Everton does not have a clue. And this type of performance, this type of team, these type of decisions that we're seeing year in, year out, have been happening since Mashiri came to the football club five years ago. £500 million spent and a couple of injuries. I, I, I laughed that they are quite some of our better players. Well, three or four injuries and the squad is wiped out to a bare minimum. I don't know if anyone even, even had a chance to look at the bench today, but it, it's really concerning. We've got a, we've got a, a bench made up of, of kids from the under-23s who aren't quite ready yet for me and just expected to be thrown in at the deep end to try and help us. It's just completely unacceptable. I'm sick and I'm tired of saying this on, on all our podcasts that we do, but the board have a lot of questions and a lot of answers for all this fan base. And you'll see this week, there'll be fans begging to go and watch us against Brentford. And we're making the round trip down to London to obviously go and support this club. But they don't deserve us. They don't deserve the support that we give them. Because I'm I'm not prepared to get behind these players when they're putting in performances like that. All we ask for is fight, grit and determination. Just show us a bit of passion. Show us that you want to play for that football club and show us that you want to play for us fans that travel up and down the country. Because... Today, we got none of that. Absolutely none of it. And it's completely not on. You, you, look, you can say that there's two great goals from Man City and the fair is just the icing on the cake. But to have possession, 85% of the possession, is just unacceptable for me. There's a way of getting beat. And I would have much rather have gone there, got beat 5-0, but actually tried. Actually tried to be offensive. Tried to actually win the game. I'd rather try and win the game and get beat than just not having any fight or trying to just sit back and just invite pressure from Man City. Look, they're a much better side and 99.9% of Evertonians this week would have said, we're getting nothing out of this game. We're not expecting anything. And I I said on the podcast with you, Mick, I wasn't expecting anything. I knew we were going to probably get beat, but it's the way we go about it. The absolute spineless of some of them players, they just didn't want to know today. They really, really didn't want to know. And you look over since Mashiri has been there, we've had money to spend and we've spent £500 million. We've seen that. We've had Carlo Ancelotti in the helm. We've had Ronald Koeman. We've had Sam Allardyce. We've had different experience and different competency levels of managers. And we're still in this mess. We've tried everything and it's just not working. So I'm coming just to the end of me, Tevin. You can probably hear my voice. I'm angry, but I am also worried because the fixtures that are coming up are not favourable. And with the current injuries we've got, I'm deeply concerned of where our next win is coming from. So if you're going to ask me to summarise it, Mick, I think the players were absolutely shocking and the board have a lot of questions to answer for. Now, I don't want to keep on talking because the lads have got probably a lot to say as well, but as you can tell, I'm not happy tonight. Mm, yeah, Lee, I'm sure you're going to probably share the same opinion and views as, as Ben, but looking at this game as a, as a singular game, away at the Champions, it's, it's always difficult to go away to Manchester City, but even more so when we've got the amount of key injuries to the team isn't it yeah of course it is but you know you've got to echo a lot of what Ben's just said there and the frustration is not a surprise amongst the fan base this evening because what we've just watched there like you've said we've yes we've got injuries yes Man City are a fantastic side and we were huge underdogs I think the bookies had us 14 to 1 and there's a reason that we were 14 to 1 but like Ben just said there it's the manner of that defeat today that hurt me it was tough to stomach. You know, most of those players, as Ben said again, you know, I, I was thinking exactly the same myself. They looked beaten before they walked like, over that white line today at the start of the game. They didn't, it looked like they didn't want to be out there. Um, it looked like they'd waved the white flags and sort of, okay, yeah, Man City are better than us. No one's sort of going to bat an eyelid if we, you know, get beat 2 or 3 nil today. Sorry, I'm going to bat an eyelid because I support Everton Football Club and 
we all expect a hell of a lot better than what we've just seen today in terms of effort, in terms of application. There was no fight or belief. There didn't seem to be any sense of professional responsibility or pride. Again, this team just look like they accept losses too easily. I don't get the impression that any of them are going to be sat in the nice houses in Formby or Cheshire, wherever, tonight. Devastated that they've got beat and let the fan base down. You know, like Ben said there, there's people who don't earn a lot of money and they spend every penny they've got. I know people in this situation who spend literally every penny they've got following this football club, home and away, the length and breadth of this country. And we pack out away ends. We did it again today. It, what, what are we getting in return? It's abysmal. So, yes, Mick, to your point, we, we've got injuries and I think any side would struggle to cope with the loss of your best attacker, your best central midfielder, your best central defender, losing Damari Gray after whatever it was, 10, 15 minutes. Of course, that's that's difficult. Makes an already difficult situation diff- more, more difficult. However, when you spend 500 million quid in the last what four or five years, you should be expecting quality everywhere, strength in depth. You know, we should be able to replace players. Okay, they might not be at the exact level of your, of your first team, of, of your first 11, but you should be able to reinforce that with, with a little bit more quality. I mean, the quality or lack of that we have now, when you look at our bench, it, it's, it's worrying. And when you couple that with the lack of fight, the lack of belief, these are the same players that have let us down time and time again, a lot of them over a sustained period of time. You look at the, these fixtures coming up and you're thinking, you know, where's the, never mind the next win, where's the next goal coming from? Because the goals have dried up as well. Um, I don't see it in them that they're going to sort of reach deep inside and, and, you know, gather themselves and have a team meeting this week at Finch Farm or whatever and, and really rally the troops and, and think, come on, we're letting ourselves down here and, and, and expect to see a reaction in the coming weeks. I just don't see it. All we get is endless disappointments with these group. And Ben's call them cowards. I agree, the cowards. There's a lot of them who, who are just accept defeats too easily, pull on that shirt, earn the money, see the bank balance go up every week and they toddle off home and they're not bothered. And that's what we can't accept. And that's why you see the disparity between the fan base and this current squad. I think, I don't know. I think I've come on Twitter at the end of the game and I've said I'm worried and, and, I, and I fear that we could be in a relegation scrap. And, and it's not reactionary. And I, I can't help but think that come Christmas, we be. I think we're going to be lucky to be above 15th place in the league. And then you're looking at January and have we got money to spend? Have we not? You just don't know. I'm absolutely terrified. I'm saddened at the state of our football club. It's difficult to defend. You know, when, when your mates are having bands with you, the Reds or whatever, you can't turn around and say anything now because we are literally a laughing stock. Everything that could go wrong does go wrong. We've been run appallingly and we've just been left in this absolute shambles of a mess. Um, massively dejected tonight, Mick, along with, I guess, you know, everyone listening to the pod. Um, you know, there's a, someone tweeted earlier on, Morgan Hume, you know, you guys are a massive voice for the fans to be heard. And, you know, that, that's, a, that's a nice thing to say. And, and, and I think, I would like to think that Ben, myself, you, Mick, Matt, when he comes on and speaks in a minute, everyone's speaking the same language at the minute. Uh, you know, it, it's difficult to be hopeful. I, I'm not hit, seeing and hearing many Everton fans with much hope at the minute. Dejection set in, apathy set in, and that's really, really worrying. We're not, we're, we've not been given anything to hang our coattails on. So a really bad day at the office. Again, an expected defeat, but the manner of that defeat today, Mick, was, was, was truly, truly disgusting. Matt, after the, the 3-0 defeat at Manchester City, you, you look on social media and, and, and around all, all forms of, of platforms and Rafa Benitez is now coming under heavy criticism. Do you, do you think that's fair or, or harsh? A manager that's only had around £1.7 million to spend. He's only had one summer at the football club. Injuries, a host of injuries, if we're honest, throughout the team. A threadbare squad. In my personal opinion, I think it's about time fans started pointing their fingers and, and showing their anger towards the board. I think it goes beyond any manager 
at Everton Football Club. And I think we could even have Sir Alex Ferguson in charge of this current crop of players and we would probably be in a similar state. What, where do you sit with this? Sort of what I said a few weeks ago, Mick, in terms of how reactionary we've been as a club in terms of sacking managers has caused a friction within the fan base when talking about the manager and defeats because there is a balance to be struck between criticising the manager and then wanting the manager to be sacked. And I, I think that there is a fine line with that. I think the, obviously the, the greater problems at the club are 100% not the manager. Um, you know, some would say that we've had certain problems at this club for 30 odd years and they've really been hot, highlighted in the, in the last 10, 15 years or so, how far we've, how far we've really fallen. But certainly in the Mishiri era, you sort of see the level of incompetence at the club and it does make you feel very, very angry about the situation the club has left itself in. Because at the end of the day, it's just fans that have to pick up the pieces, you know. And and, and unfortunately, we've got a, a lack of control over what goes on. And, and And that's the worst thing for me is that as a fan base right now, we can't do anything about it. We have to sit here and soak it up season after season, game after game. You know, this isn't just a, a reaction to the Manchester City defeat today because, you know, it, we Everton could have been sitting third or fourth in the league going into the game today and you still wouldn't have expected Everton to get a result. You know, you'd probably say that City are probably, barring maybe Chelsea or Liverpool, the, the best team in Europe. Um, you know, they have been for three, four, five years under Guardiola, um, a ridiculously good team, um, a ridiculously good squad. But it's just the the manner of defeats, the and and you go into the next game, Brentford now, and, and the wider picture, there's very little hope and excitement for Evertonians at the minute. And that comes down to the way the clubs run. The manager, it's manager himself. Well, I think he does deserve some, he has to take some flack because that comes with the territory of being a football manager. If you don't win games, you're going to get stick. And we're not winning enough football matches and we're not getting enough points. Um, you know, and that, so, the, so the manager has to come under some flack. I think I'm not totally sure anything, he got anything wrong today. Um, you know, he can't make up for individual area, errors or individual brilliance from Manchester City. If you, you go through the, the three goals today, you probably say two of them couldn't be stopped. Uh, the third one was pathetic. Um, three players turning their backs against the ball. And when the ball ricochets through, every single one of them's got their back turned. If they'd, if they'd have faced the ball like men, then the ball would have easily been cleared and the game would have finished 2-0. So, you know, the manager's not at fault for the wider problems, but can he get criticism? Of course he can. Where do we go from here? Well, we do have to pick, we're going to have to start picking points up in the short term and that's on the manager um, because we're in a situation now where, you know, we are very much looking over our shoulders, um, four points off, off Leeds United in 17th, six points off Burnley in 18th and a, and a fixture list and a squad that's so thin at the minute with all its key players missing and the form we're in, no, no winning six, of course, we're going to start looking over our shoulders and think, you know what, we've got some really tough fixtures coming. Give it six games and before Christmas, we could be in real trouble again. And unfortunately, in the Mashiri era, it's happened way too much. You know, I make this the third season out of six now under Mashiri where we've, we've probably had to look over our shoulders come the end of November, early December. Um, I'm not quite sure it's as critical as is the Cooman and Allardyce year um, or the Sylvie year when Nugan Ferguson come in. But that's only because of the start we've had. Um, but and, but we're, we're not in a good position as a team and I'm sure we'll get onto it in, later in the pod. But if we don't start picking up points, we're going to be in, in real trouble. Ben, it, it's, it's now no wins in six in the league for Rafa Benitez's Everton side. <laughs> At what point do you think now the board might start, you know, 
looking at potential new managers that the fans are now, they're quite divided now, the fan base amongst the Evertonians. It's a real divide. And I was at the game today, unfortunately, and, you know, I was speaking to a number of Evertonians in and around me and, and it, it is divided. A lot of Everton fans, okay, a lot of them don't agree with Rafa Benitez being appointed in the first place. Some think he's probably the best we could probably hope for, given where we are as a football club. But where, where do you sit with this one? How do you feel? My personal opinion is I think we have to look beyond any manager. And I think the, the problems run a lot deeper than the players and the manager. I think we have to get things right at boardroom level first and then it filters down onto the pitch. And that's my personal opinion. And I know you share the opinion of the board isn't particularly well run. And it's I think you've used the word circus a few times. And that's the way I feel. And I think any manager that has only been able to spend 1.7 million in a transfer uh, window in the current climate, in the current Premier League status, it's it's a big ask for any manager and then add the, the injuries that we have. So where do you feel with this? Like I say, the fans are now starting to get split. A difficult run is coming up. Brentford away next and then the derby. So you can imagine there's a lot of, a lot of pressure building now for the football club, the board, the players, Rafa. How do you feel about it? Um, yeah, well, when have the board listened to us previously? Because they just crack on and do with what they want to do anyway now. You go back to the summer when we were doing our podcasts. Um, I had my reservations over Rafael Benitez. There's no doubt that he's a, he's a good manager. Um, I just knew when we had a run like this, because we were going to lose games, th- there was no question about it. We're not the best team in the Premier League. But when you have consecutive defeats, when you've picked up one win and nine, when you haven't won since September, this is the run I was talking about because we're, we're not going to give him an inch, never, probably not even a centimetre because of obviously the past history. And whether you agree with that or not, it's just evidence. It's just born within us. It's something we just can't change. And look, he hasn't been lucky with injuries whatsoever. Like, like Lee touched on before, you've lost your best centre-half in Mina. You've lost your best central midfielder in Decore and you've lost your best striker in Calvert-Lewin now. We've seen at the beginning of the season with all them fit and firing that the run that we were going on, we looked good. We looked, the players went into the system, but a few injuries and it just goes upside down, really. The game plan goes out the window. The players don't really know what to do. There's the formation's changing already. We're going very defensive. Maybe Rafa Benitez doesn't trust the players to come and do the system he was doing to start the season, which I think is a massive part of it. It speaks volumes that the likes of Jean-Philippe Gabon's not playing today and that you're using Andros Townsend um, as like a central attacker midfielder. That to me shows that there's no trust there for a player that costs us 25, 30 million pounds. So look, when there's a change, but you, as we staked, we had a little chat off air um, in relation to this topic. So if Benitez goes... Who comes in? Who is going to take... We want to come in. Realistically now, Blues, I know people will say different names. Who would realistically want to come in and take us over in the state that we're in? Because there's probably not going to be massive funds in January to change it. You've got a boardroom who are quite happy just to chop and change whenever. Quite happy to just not have any real direction, no real philosophy. Not going to give you time to maybe put your spin on things to try and embed some sort of plan going forward because they just get rid of you at the first first hurdle. Because since Mishiri's been here, what have we had? Five, six, seven managers, including interim managers in the space of since 2016. It's just the way it's been run. At first, I was made up to have them on board. I really, really was. A, a, an injection of cash, money, the stuff that we've been dreaming of for, for years of Everton, desperate for some sort of money. And then we've spent the money and now we're in the financial mess. And that can only be because there's too many people that high up making decisions and people are at that high level are overruling one another. And the final decision is being up to Mashiri. Instead of letting somebody come into the football club and run the club like a business, like a touch on God knows how many times, this is a multi-million pound business. It's not just a normal, small to medium-sized business. This is a global-scale business, and it's being run like by idiots. And I'm sorry to put us so frank, because the direction we've been in since Mashiri took over isn't good whatsoever. And I don't like saying it how it is, don't like a few home truths, but enough's enough for me. I just don't know where we're going. Again, wait for the stadium, wait for Bramley Moor. It's just, what what's the next three years? Just be relevant and survive in the Premier League. I don't want that. I don't want to support 
mediocre. I don't want to support a team who's just not relevant, who just goes season to season, mid-table drops. That's not what I signed up for when I was born. That's not what I want to get behind. And I want success. I want my football club and our football club to be up there where we should be because it's such a massive football club. It's enormous. And we shouldn't be getting driven up like this. So I know I'm going on my rant again. I'm off on one today, Mick. And you can see I'm quite fired up. But no, in relation to your question, I just don't see the point because who's going to come in and try and take over this mess? He's been very, very unlucky. And as Matthew quite rightly stated, there is a difference between criticism and wanting somebody sacked. There's a massive... And I criticised him against Wolves in regards to the initial formation. He got that one wrong. Um, the Watford substitution... Um, when he brought certain players on um, and obviously when Ron Long come on that was on Rafael Benitez for me as well so them two games I criticised him but these players aren't up to standard they haven't performed for how many managers before them when there's a few injuries the bare bones is absolutely disgusting there's no one steps up to the mark there's no leader no one wants the ball no one's going to get a grip of this whole side by the scruff of the neck and drag them through drag them through the, the rubbish shall we say because not one of them have got fights to, to get us out of it and that's what concerns me most Nick about it all Lee Ben obviously touches on the fight to get us out of this out of this mess like I said I was at the game today and I thought there was a big improvement against Tottenham Hotspur at Goodison Park just before the international break but okay we were against the, the, the reigning champions but I felt like we went back to our old self from a few weeks ago when we conceded a goal they're all blaming each other and we go back to the same old conundrum don't we there are not enough leaders in this football team no, there aren't. No, there aren't. And, you know, we find ourselves in this position where we've got to come on on this podcast and talk about the club after these defeats and these abysmal performances. And it's, and it's bloody hard. It's hard to defend and it's hard to sort of offer any hope or try and be positive because you just end up looking a bit stupid. And you're right, today, there was just nothing. There's no leaders of men out there. No one sort of saying, come on. You know, we, you know, you know, you're a realist. All them players are realists. You're up against a much better football club, but much better side than you. You know, I, I take myself back to when I used to play, and you, you can all probably remember the same. You know, if you were coming up against top of the league or a really good side, what were the things that you you sort of made sure that you did? Win your personal battles. Make sure it was difficult. Throw a few challenges in. You know, you're going to have to work a little bit harder if you're going to, you know, want to get a result. You know, you've got to rely perhaps on the opposition having an off day. You know, you've got to gamble, like Ben said before, at least try and win. Go, you know, you know, and, and if you go down fighting and you get beat 4-2 or something like that, or 3-1, whatever, but you've put in a performance, you've shown a little bit of intent, then you won't get the same reaction as what you're going to get from Everton fans this evening. And one little snippet of it, which really, really annoyed me, and I know it annoyed a lot of people today, like Alan kicking the ball out today just before one of the goals does it does anyone else know why he kicked that ball out you know it, it's again it's we're too nice you know the, the city player had nothing wrong with him he literally had the, the sole of his foot tapped by Michael Keane wasn't a head injury there's no obligation to kick the ball out there's nothing in the law of the game that says he has to do it and he, he, he kicks it out and I'm, and I'm thinking what are you doing and it, and funnily enough of course it does because it's evident it, it leads to a goal but you're right, there was infighting again today. Um, th there's just nothing. You're not looking at that game thinking, look at him. You know, he, he gives he gives a crap. He gives a monkeys. You just don't see it. And that's what's hurting. And that's what's difficult to come on and try and defend because we know that the quality is rubbish. I dare say, by the way, that that team that started today. So when you take Calvert-Lewin, Decore, Mina, Damari Gray out of that side, that's not far off a championship side for me. You know, I think it's a it's a, a top of the championship starting eleven. And and as for the bench, I don't even know what league that's in. The Zingari Premier, maybe. No idea. Um, so I don't know, Mick. I think Bet I just think when Ben was talking there as well, we're a huge football club, he says. And I've said this all my life, I agree. But I've started to question it of late. Because if it listen, if you look at the facts. We've won one trophy in 34 years. We don't do anything. We just float. We sort of, we just exist. You know, we don't achieve anything. We, we, we're never really, you know, I know we've got the, the spectre of sort of being in a little bit of a relegation fight, but 
we never even have the the excitement of, of of a proper relegation fight going down to the wire. That's how bad it is. It's just boring. It's a pointless existence. And I just think that's on the board. Ben's right. I think Benitez has started to get things wrong. I think he started the season off on fire. But recently, in recent weeks, definitely shown some weaknesses for me. Some uh, some of that stubbornness that you know you heard in the summer when when he came on board from from fans of teams that he's managed previously. You know he's got this stubborn streak. I think he certainly has. Again, why on earth he brought Solomon Rondon on today? I've got absolutely no idea. The fella's useless. He can't run, can't move. Give someone else a chance. At least they'll run, they'll try. You know the the energy, the effervescence of youth. Give it a go. Can it really be any worse? Of course it can't. And I just hope that's not an indication of what's to come against Brentford next week. Because I think if he does that and we lose there, I think, you know, he's he's asking for it in a way. Um, so are we really a big as big a club, back to my point, as what we think we are? Do we need to accept this is what we are now? I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is just obviously us being decimated by injuries and brighter times around the corner. But it's the hope that kills you with Everton because it never seems to pan out that way. Um, very, very dejected. It's horrible supporting Everton at the minute. It's it's not fun. It's no fun. You know, and, and I think we all have a laugh and you know, we've got all our phrases, Everton, Everton, that isn't it, Everton, aren't we? All of this. It's not fun. Not not when you, you pay and you, you're emotionally invested and you've grew up loving the club, like we all do. Um seeing us get beat in the manner in which we're getting beat, seeing the state of this squad after spending the money that we have. You know, only Everton, I, I would suggest, could spend the, 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 the sums that we have done in the last four or five years and end up in the predicament that we're in now. It's hard to get your head around. And I think it's negligent, it's gross mismanagement. I look in my line of work, if, I, if, if our group of people did our jobs that badly, so obviously I, I work in a people team, so our, our priorities are to, to pay people to make sure the correct decisions are made across the business. If we didn't just started not paying people, making errors, sacking people for no reason, there'd be consequences. People would lose their jobs. Why aren't the board at Everton Football Club under the same scrutiny? Why aren't, you know, why aren't head rolling? Because this is, hasn't just happened this week or in the last three or four weeks. It's been happening for a sustained period of time. And it is, it's jobs for the boys. It's a little cushy number. They're not answerable to anything or anyone. So, could because us, us at the fans do something a little bit differently? We all say a lot about that team over the park, and yet they're cringy with all the banners and stuff like that. But I tell you what, they've gathered together and they've been a voice, and I've got rid of two two sets of boards since the turn of the twenty first century. Maybe that's what we need to do. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm thinking out loud now. I don't know. I'm just absolutely fed up of this Groundhog Day feeling of just crap results after crap performance. Um, so, yeah, there is no fighters out there, Mick. Um, and until we get players back, until we breathe new life into this squad, we're going we're gonna to see the same week after week, unfortunately. Can't dress it up any differently. Wish I could. Matt, I, I was driving home from the, from the game and I was driving down the M6 back home. And this Everton... Club, the situation, it, for me, it, it's so similar to Randy Lerner's Aston Villa. So Randy Lerner obviously bought Aston Villa and I think it was 2006 or 2008. And Aston Villa got relegated in 2016. And it, it's it's very reminiscent to, to the Aston Villa setup. So there were board members arguing with board members. Um, there were long-standing board members at Aston Villa who left in like 2014, 2015, and then during the relegation season, uh, two um, long-term board members also left due to just the lack of ideas, the lack of pathway. They didn't see a future under Randy Lerner. And I'm not saying Fahad Mashiri is as bad as that because clearly he probably isn't. And obviously we have the wonderful new stadium to look forward to. But but right here, right now is what matters in my mind. That's the, the most important thing. And obviously securing Everton's future starts here and now and performing well on the pitch and performing well in the boardroom and off the pitch. And, Aston Villa fouled down that slippery slope and, and got relegated. And you start to think, well, Aston Villa are a very big club, you know, big fan base, nice ground, historically, a, again, a very, very big football club. And they slowly slipped into that, you know, a sleeping giant and then got caught out. And I'm not saying Everton are going to get caught out, but 
there's a lot of comparisons to be made from that Aston Villa era. And I do feel Everton are, are slowly sleepwalking into that similar sort of, you know, we'll be all right, we're Everton, we'll be all right, we're Everton. But eventually you, you do get found out, don't you? And do you now think it's time that Mashiri, Bill Kenroy, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Marcel Brands, they, they gave the club a vision of where they're taking us because it's all very well saying we've got Bramley Moore to look forward to in three years' time. But in three years' time, we could be in deep, deep trouble. So, and I know we've asked this question numerous times to each other regarding the board, but like Lee's just touched on there, do you think it's going to take fan power now to get the board to come out and engage with the fans and tell us what the plan is, what the vision is and where we are going as a football club? Unfortunately, yeah, because we've seen again this week uh, an ignorance from, from this board of moving AGMs behind closed doors onto a pre-recorded video. You know, it's not there's nothing wrong with it having it on Zoom, on Zoom, you know, due to COVID reasons or whatever, but make it a live event. Make it so that people can ask questions of the people that are, are there live on the spot. You know, we don't we don't want pre-scripted answers. We want to know there and then. You know, um I think you're right about Aston Villa. I mean there's so many similarities from the fact that Mashiri come in, spent a lot of money early on and then suddenly didn't go very well. Maybe gets a little bit bored and so suddenly wants to cut costs and and then appoint a, a manager from across the, the park. I mean, they did that with McLeish as well from, from Birmingham. And, uh, you know, let's just hope that the, the following three, four years don't go the same way. Um, I mean, you wouldn't know because the, the, the club's so poorly organised. And that's the thing. It wouldn't take a lot for this for this Everton Football Club to turn around. It really wouldn't. It just takes a structure. It takes an organisation. It takes someone with an experience to get a hold of the club and start planning. You know, and and that can start tomorrow morning. You know, that could start tomorrow morning. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here saying that it's not happening now because I don't know that it's not but I'm only going off the results and what I'm seeing in front of me. And I'm seeing a squad that's lacking quality, a squad that's had five managers in five years, a club that stagnated and finishes between eighth and 12th every season, a club that's got costs that spiraling well over what it makes, you know? So I'm only going off what I'm seeing and I'm seeing a club that's rudderless, you know, a club that lacks direction, a club that doesn't have anyone strong enough at the helm of the club to to get it by the short and curlies and go, this isn't very good and we're going to do something about it. You know, how many of the Everton board members are going to look look at each other and speak to each other tomorrow morning about that result yesterday? You know, are they are they upset that we've lost 3-0? Are they upset that we hardly laid a glove on Manchester City? Are they okay that we're sat in 11th place are they okay that the club can only spend 1.7 million in the summer because of the way that the recruitment's been handled over the last four or five years well if, if they are then they shouldn't be anywhere near the boardroom of Everton Football Club and, and they need to leave with immediate effect you know it, 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 it just needs someone to, to, to completely rip this up and start again because there just doesn't seem to be any plan. And, and that goes from the playing staff to the manager to the academy. And it's highly frustrating when you see some of the fantastic stuff that's going on with the stadium and the engagement that we see week in, week out. I've had more engagement in two months since the, the start of Bramley Moor than I have on the football inside of things for about 10 years. That can't be right. And why can't that side of the business be translated in into the football inside of the business? I, I really it, it it's so it's so frustrating because they show on one side that, that they can do it. You know, they can be quite efficient in certain ways. But you know, they're making the same mistakes year in, year out, and they're not rectifying them. And you're totally right when you, you bring up the Aston Villa thing and, and Sunderland are another 
another case, maybe not quite as big as Aston Villa, but another club that was was bought by someone who had large sums of money, but recruited dreadfully, sat managers for fun, and in the end paid the price. Now, you know we are we are falling year upon year, you know, and how far do you go before it gets really really serious? And and if things don't start changing soon, then we will be left adrift and we could end up just like those two clubs. And that's my concern, Ben. I mean, I'm not saying Everton are going to get relegated, but I, like I, say, I went today and, and I sit there and I, I watch the game unfold and I get in the car and I think, I don't think Everton have hit rock bottom yet. I really don't. And if anything, things could get worse with now... Damari Gray picking up a knock with Charleston suspended. And we've got a difficult run still to come. So I think, I don't know, I don't think Everton have hit rock bottom yet. And where do we go from here? And, and and this is me asking you, Ben, like, where do Everton go from here? Do you do you sack Rafa Benitez? Like, in my opinion, no, I don't think we should. But if you don't sack him and we continue to, like Brentford coming up is a very difficult game. And then obviously the derby. That derby game is obviously going to be very, very hostile if things go against us, which you would imagine they will. So where do you think fans now should again start voicing their opinion? It, it's got to go to the board for me and it, it has to. And I know we're kind of getting away from the Manchester City result, but I think this is the first time we as a group and as a podcast, we're an independent podcast. I think this is where we've now got to start looking at <clears throat> who do we start talking about and, and when we record the players, are they good enough? Are they putting enough effort in? We know what the players are. We know what we are as a football club. We're not a great side and we can all accept that. The Rafa Benitez job, did he, should he get it? Shouldn't he got it? He got the job. We all have to accept that. We're all big boys. We can all grow up with that one. And he's still here. And sacking a manager, probably, I think we would all agree, isn't the answer right now. So at what point, Ben, do you think the fans have to say, like Lee has touched on, like Matt has touched on, you know, Liverpool... And I hate to compare us to, to them lot across the park, but when it comes to not protests, but arguments towards the board, they want to have questions answered. They are very good at that. At what point do you think, you know what, Everton fans are going to have to make a stand? Because like Matt's just said, we are slowly dropping off each season. We're being less and less competitive. The quality of football is getting, in my opinion, considerably worse each season. Yet the fans still turn out home and away, sold out every week, and we deserve better. And I think it is about time now. Our questions were answered and we had a vision, a plan. What are we doing before we go to Bramley Moor? Because we can't continue like this. So what I'm asking you, Ben, is difficult run coming up. At what point do you think it's going to get to the point where fans are going to almost not leave Goodison Park and they're going to demand answers from the board? I know you sat in the box a couple of weeks ago, you through a friend and um, people were speaking to Marcel Brands then and questioning him. And you said it was getting a little bit hostile. Can you see Goodison Park getting getting worse than that over the next few weeks? Well, when the when the Everton board are coming out with obviously in regards to the annual general meeting, coming out basically saying, and I'll read it word for word. Although as a private company, Everton is not obliged to hold an annual general meeting. The club's articles of association do state that the shareholders' meeting should be held once a year, and this proposal will not alter that commitment. And and even so, even doing an AGM, they're going virtual. They're not even allowing fans to go and ask questions because what they'll do is they'll pick the questions that they want to answer and they can't shy away from it. You need to be men and step up and give the fans an idea of what the hell is going on. What is going on with our football club? Because we just don't know. The finances are a complete mess, which can be seen free to all on the uh, company's house. If you want to go and have a look, there's loans being taken out here, there and everywhere. Now, are we spending to actually gamble to get out this mess? Now, I've said it before, if they came out and stated that, we're look, we're going to have to sell an asset and we're going to rebuild, fine, let's get on with it. But the, the problem then comes to recruitment again. Because we've got these super agents who seem to have some sort of influence over Mashiri, particularly Mashiri, who's kind of obviously makes with Jurachin and um, Raiola. There's a few super agents that get in his ear. 
and it just takes the decision making away from everyone. It's I, I'll never forget. I think I was reading an article a few years back about Marcel Brand saying he used to get random phone calls in the middle of the night from Farhad Mashiri suggesting plays. Like, it's not a game of football manager. This isn't a joke. This is the team that we love and support and follow throughout. We're getting led by a, a team of people who don't know how to run a business. Now, there was this type of this business is results business. Now, Everton off the pitch are brilliant. The work with charity is unquestionable. But I want to see that commitment and determination on the pitch. It's great what we do off it, but we need to re- like reflect that on the pitch because the results aren't good. And the board have not got a clue in my eyes. They really, really haven't. And they've got a lot to answer for. And the fact that they can't be men enough to stand in front of a probably a packed shareholders AGM where, let's get it really, a tough question would be asked and will be asked. I have no doubt about that. But to then go on to online to probably pick and choose what questions filter through, it's just not on for me. It just doesn't sit right with me. Now, that might be the way they want, want, want to run a football club. And what do we do? Do we... Do we give banners? Do we get protests? But then Goodison then gets hostile, gets loads of animosity. But something needs to change. It needs to change. And I don't know. I don't know personally how something that we how we how we do it. I don't know how we do it. But something needs to be said. Some someone needs to be some sort of like lead for this. And because it's not on, it's just mediocrity every single year, year year after year. And again, people might say, oh, you've gone away from the Man City game today. We have, look, we have. This podcast has been, for me, really emotional, really passionate, and was really good. The lads here are really, really, they want Everton to do well like me. And that's what I'm all for. Forget today's results. It's, it's one of them. The players were atrocious. They were terrible. No fight. Iwobi was terrible. Rondon couldn't move. We know that. These players just have got no fight. I just want answers from the top. What do we want to do? What, what, what is the plan for this club? I've said it three or four times now during the, the short period that us boys have been together and I still don't know what, what the hell is going on. No one has a clue what is going on and I'm not expecting a big reveal of, yeah, we want to do X, Y and Z, we're looking to do this. I just want something, give us something. The only type time the likes of Marcel Brand speak is when he goes to either Russia, which there was a few quotes this, this week about that, or when he goes to Holland. Just give us something to go off and look, something needs to change. And you can just, I've just completely worn out of it, Mick. And the fans are too. And like you said, I can only see it getting worse because these next two games, I think Brentford, we simply have to win. I think we simply have to, we cannot afford to drop more points there. And then the Merseyside derby, it could get really nasty. It could get good. It could be horrible that night. And, I'm not looking forward to it at all, but no, the board have got a lot of that to answer for and they need to change it quick because it can't be a job just for Cozy FC because I'm not having it. Mm, Lee, Ben's not having it. I'm not having it. (laughs) I look at Everton and I want a team that I can identify with, Lee. And I think this Everton football club at the moment, it's not the football club that I fell in love with, that I fell in love with when I was a kid. Now, I've never known successful times, Lee, at Everton. I'm not of that age, unfortunately. I'm not saying you are either, but previous years, yeah, but previous years when Everton haven't been a very good team and when I was young, they still shown quality and they had that identity of we're Everton and you just never felt that we would go down, so to speak. I know we, we flirted with it a number of times, but the identity with this football club, mate, I, I just think it's completely lost at the moment. And, and again, I think that starts at the very top. and Are you starting to feel that way now that you just don't really recognise this Everton Football Club and the identity, the style of play, where we're going, the lack of... Everton were always good at talking to their fans and whether we were poor on the pitch or great on the pitch, we always pulled in the same, same direction. And I think we're now at a stage, mate, where the fans, the board, the players, the management, we're all pulling in different directions and that's a recipe for disaster for me. Bang on. You're spot on. And, and listen, it's been like that for a while. You know, this division, you know, we can all recall different eras, different managers where there's been splits in the fan base. We can't relate to the squad of players on the pitch. And, 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 and that, again, that's what's difficult to accept. And when apathy starts to set in and you're not really bothered, I mean, today, Mick, I wasn't bothered about watching that game. Um, you know, I ended up, you know, saying oh, I might not watch it, I might go out to Christmas markets. In the end, 
the pull of Everton. It's Everton. I just have to watch it, and it, and, and I did. But I wish I hadn't. Am I absolutely sat here devastated about that result today? No, I'm not, because I don't care about that group of players. I don't see them giving 110% for us as fans, caring about the shirt that they've got on, that legends have worn before them, people who would literally have died for our football club, and we all know who they are. You think of Colin Harvey, Brian Labone, Howard Kendall, Dave Ixon, Duncan Ferguson, Tim Cahill more recently. You know, these players absolutely loved playing for Everton Football Club and knew what it meant to play for Everton Football Club. You know, now we can't say that. We look at these group of players and there's a real resentment. And you've touched upon not hitting rock bottom yet. And I completely agree with you. I think rock bottom could be coming in the Merseyside Derby, unfortunately. And I can just see it now. I can see a heavy defeat. This is quite possible. I, by the way, I hope I'm wrong. Of course I do. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a massive Evertonian. Of course, I hope I'm wrong. But I, I really genuinely fear a heavy defeat. You've got the away section singing whatever, Agent Benitez or whatever. You're going to have, by that point, a furious Everton crowd. And will that be the point where the masses think, OK, enough's enough. I can't take anymore. Something has to change. Something has to give. And we need to start protesting because we are sleepwalking, I'm afraid. And towards, I don't know what. And all I can say is that if we carry on on the, on, a, on the same trajectory that we've been going for four, five, six years now, and we follow that same path for another three years, we won't be in the Premier League. And that's a scary, scary thought. But it's a very, tell you what, we're not immune to it just because, oh, just because we're Everton Football Club. That means nothing. As, like you mentioned before, Aston Villa are a huge football club. It happened to them. It could very easily happen to us with the jokers that we've got in charge running this football club. And I feel like we're slowly drifting and sleepwalking towards a fate that we just don't want to, it doesn't even bear thinking about. But it could, it came, like you said, when in my youth, when I was in high school, I'm not that old. We nearly went down twice and it was literally skin of our teeth. We were very, very lucky, in fact, not to go down. And you thought, you know, I remember Dave Watson, whose birthday it was yesterday, coming out saying there's no pride in what we've achieved against Coventry. The, the biggest thing is that that's, this never happens again to a football club the size of Everton. And, you know, we've not come that close since, mate. But it, I can see it happening unless something changes quickly. Um, and you imagine what that would do. We've got a, a new stadium around the corner. We may never recover from that. That's how serious things could get. I'm not saying things are that serious now. Things could turn around quickly if we get players back and we see the same sort of game plan and, and fight that we saw in the early weeks of the season. But if we don't and we continue along this path and we don't get the luck with injuries, we don't get a turnaround with injuries or whatever that could happen, then we could sleepwalk into something unimaginable. And I I couldn't see Everton recovering from it. And the, these fans deserve better. I remember being in school and we were awful. I watched some truly, truly terrible Everton sides, but there were fighters in there. There were winners. So, you know, yeah, we, we knew we weren't the, the best football side. You knew we were going to lose games more often than not. But I, could, I still felt I could defend them. And, you know, there, there was something that you could hold on to and a bit of hope. But you, you, like you say, Mick, you don't get that feeling now. You, we're at a loss. There's a, there's such a, a split between us as fans and what we're seeing on the pitch. We can't relate to them. It's, it's absolutely, they, they make it impossible for us to feel anything other than just shame. It's, it's becoming shameful. It's embarrassing. Supporting Everton at the minute. If you're an opposition fan looking at us, we're, we're the laughingstock of the division. It's really, really sad. Um. And I, and, I, and I don't know where we go from here. I really, really don't know where we go from here. Let's just hope what Matt said before comes into fruition. And, you know, we do see a little bit of a turnaround. We have got players coming back, maybe in the short term. If we grab, grab a couple of wings, we can all just settle down and calm down. But even if that happens, it doesn't change the fact that things need to change on a bigger scale. And that needs to start from the top. Because if it doesn't, 
I don't know. I don't know where we could end up. Matt, just to add injury to insult, Damari Gray looks like he's got an abductor problem, could be out for a couple of weeks. Richarlison is, took a yellow card, so he's now suspended for the trip to Brighton. So it's all hands to the pump, isn't it, this week to, for Rafa Benitez to get a game plan to go down to London with? Yeah, it doesn't get any easier. Um, you know, that was a real blow today, Gray, because um, I thought he started really well. Um, got back to the direct Damari Gray that we saw in the first five or six games. Um, and he, he calls them one or two issues. And, you know, if he'd have stayed on the pitch, I'm sure Everton you know, might have at least had, have had a few more chances than what they did. Richarlison, well, you know, you can you, that challenge today, you know, you can see why he gets picks up so many yellow cards. I mean, petulant, childish kick out and a stupid, simple yellow card that that's, means he's out of the next game. And, you know, I mean, it's just one thing after another at a minute. We, you know, we can't seem to catch a break and the boys have alluded to it. We, we, we've got to at least pick up a point um, against Brentford. We cannot lose that game. It's a cannot lose. And in with the fixtures coming up, going into, you know, certainly going into the derby, it's a must win just to get some momentum going again, just to ease some fears. Um, you know, going into a, a, a really difficult Christmas fixture list, we need some momentum. We do. We need some momentum. And it's a really difficult game because, you know, Brentford have got loads and loads of energy. You know, I've watched them quite a lot. I've actually watched them over the last three or four weeks, even though they've not been picking up the results. They've, they were picking up at the start of the season. Their performance levels haven't yet dropped. Their performance levels are always very, very good. Um they're actually suffering from a few injury issues themselves, but they, they're still a threat and they'll, they've got a, a really good home record and they're a threat. And like I said, they've got loads of energy and, and our players have got to respond. You know, today, the most annoying part of today for me was the, the pressing, the pressing again. It's, it's, it's that type of pressing that they look busy, but they're not actually doing anything. It's like they're all just shifting from one side of the pitch to the other. That's not pressing. That's just staying in your shape. You know, it's 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 that's not good enough. That that does, I don't know who that lies with. I don't know whether that lies with the manager or that lies with the players, but shifting from one side of the pitch to the other is not pressing. It's not pressing from the front. And the, I don't know who they're trying to kid, whether they're trying to kid us, trying to kid the manager, trying to kid themselves. You know, you're not going to get away with that. You know, that's 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 not good enough. Um, you know. That's got to be sorted out. You, you can't turn it on for one game against Tottenham and then and then turn it straight off again. You know, it, it happens too many times. And, you know, I've been pretty calm tonight. I'm pretty, you know, on a, on, on a lot of things, just speaking from the heart. But this this is gen, you know, genuinely was a, an annoying point for me today. This, this pretending to be busy when you're not busy. You know, get a grip, press from the front, press as a team, not as individuals. You know, go for the ball, you know, instead of going towards the ball and then and then stopping and leaving three or, three or four yards for a Manchester City player to run at you, get in. You know, it, it's simple things. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's a fact that it's a, it's a thing with this squad of players. They, they're not up for it, a lot of them. Um, as a team, they're not good enough. Individually, they're not good enough. And when you add the fact that a lot of them are very, very spineless, uh, it's not a good... You know, it's not a good mix, is it? Um, and that's got to be sorted out because we've got a massive week. Um, I don't know what the injury situation is, same with the core and whether he's might be fit for Brentford or whether he's going to save him for the derby. Um, I think that's the one that's closest, isn't it? Um, but we, we need something, we need some sort of positivity because we are down to the bare bones going into the Brentford game. You're looking at Rondon, Awobi, Gordon, Townsend being your front four. I mean that that really is relegation style formation setup personnel, isn't it? That that's not very good. Um, so we Rafa Benitez has got to come up with a game plan that means Everton go there and get the three points. Simple as that. And you know if we don't and we go into the derby, you know even closer to the to the bottom, then that makes that game ten times harder, doesn't it? 
And that is all we have got time for this evening. Manchester City 3, Everton nil. Questions asked to the players, management board. The boys just spoke from the heart. Like we said, we're an independent podcast. The lads are hurting at the moment. We're all hurting. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next Tuesday. So this Tuesday coming with all the talk and all the match analysis of Everton's trip to London, which is against Brentford on Sunday. In the meantime, have a good start to the week and we'll see you then. Take care and all the very best. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.